Hey everybody, it is Dave Palais again, JP25 Media, doing something a little bit different. As you know, on the show, we, we constantly talk sports and especially baseball, which is my favorite thing to do. But joining us right now is a huge Padre fan. I've followed him on Twitter for years. He, he takes shots at me on Twitter like everybody else, but he's passionate about his team. And that's why I have him on as the first guest I've ever had as far as a Padre fan, a sports fan that follows his team. And I love talking sports, not with just people that agree with everything I say, but also most importantly, the people who are passionate about their favorite team, their favorite players, and why this year is gonna be different. Joining us right now, it's Craig Medeiros. You guys know him as Craig Medi on Twitter. Very easy to follow him. It's at Craig, M-E-D-Y. You can follow him on Twitter. You're a Padre fan, you're gonna wanna follow him. He's just like all the other Padre fans as far as very passionate about their team which I admire greatly. And Craig, I do appreciate you, you jumping on the first time I've done this where I've had a chance to interview somebody through Zoom and then being able to post it. But it's different this year. Wouldn't it have been fun to do this the last couple of years because the Padres had struggled and they've struggled for a while. But right now, this is the time where as a Padre fan, you have to be enjoying this. Even though it's a short 60 game season, Right now, you look at your Padres, you're, you're in second place in the National League West. Almost any other division, you guys would be right there in first place. And arguably, you're the most exciting team in baseball, which has been years and years since that's happened. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, this is probably the first plan that I've seen from the Padres that I think is being executed very well. Um, you look at 98. That was a great season. Obviously, they went to the World Series, best team the Padres have ever had. But you knew that it was almost a one-year thing because you knew the players, Kevin Brown, you know, Finley, what have you, were going to be gone. This, this core, I mean, who's going to be gone in the next couple of years? You got Machado locked up. Uh, Tatis, basically, he can't go anywhere for another four years after, after this year. And hopefully, they extend him. You know, Paddock's, uh, Lament, all these guys, Gore, Patino, they're all going to – the core players are going to be here for a while. So it ain't just like, oh, try to push all in for this year, get rid of a couple more minor leaguers and just try to win it this year and then come back the next couple of years and be a 70-win team again. They got a team that I think in the next five years have a chance to win a World Series. So I'm I really excited about you know, I agree with that. And, and a lot of people say, well, what year is it? You kept hearing Ron Fowler saying, oh, this is a team of whatever, 2019, 2020. All that to me seemed a little bit early. And the reason I, I thought that was is you watch baseball and even when you're good, it takes a while to get to that certain level where you're championship level. And so if you win championships through pitching and we all kept hearing about Gore and Patino and Paddock and these guys are going to be your guys of the future. Lamette's turned into the best guy you guys have, and, and really the most exciting guy for me as a baseball fan. I never miss a Lamette start. I, I, I always think he might throw a no-hitter today. Something great's about to happen. But it, it's been such a plus having this pitching staff that you say, okay, well, when is Gore going to be at his peak level, or when is Paddock going to be at his peak level? And that's why I always said 2023. Not to be a, a jerk about it, but – at the same time, it's not very often you're going to see guys who are in their first or second year on the mound all of a sudden become, you know, the Baltimore Orioles of the 70s. We have four guys winning 20 games. So I'm with you. These guys aren't going anywhere. I mean, there's some changes you're going to want. You're going to probably want a different left fielder and a different catcher. But otherwise, the guys you mentioned, Machado, Tatis, Hosmer, Grisham, those guys aren't going anywhere. 
which means the plan is is finally working. For you as, as a Padre fan, and it's no fun when your team loses, whether it's last year or the year before, the year before that. It's always <laughs> frustrating when your team, and it's not a shot, but when your team's not doing well, I'm a guy that has constantly given up on A.J. Preller. And for you and, and so many other Padre fans, you guys have stood by him. Say so he, he has a plan. He understands what he's doing. For A.J. right now, are you as big of a fan as ever? Is he the right GM for this team? Oh, I could I couldn't be I couldn't be a bigger fan. Um, I personally think in 2015 when they got Upton, Kemp, uh, Kimbrell, all those guys, I believe that the owners told him just go get some names so we could put some people in the seats. And I believe he said, "I'll do that, but you better give me time to rebuild it if it doesn't work." That's just that's just me thinking. I'm, I have no one no source or anyone that's told me this. I just feel like when they hired Preller, it w- he was always about developing players and scouting. And he pretty much did the complete opposite when he first came here. So I think that was more of ownership saying, hey, just go get some names. We want people in the seats. And obviously it didn't work, but they knew he had the ability to trade off some of those pieces and they would give him enough time to build it to how it is now. And I think it's worked great. I think they kind of, you know, had a plan B, you know, plan A sucked, but plan B was, is really, is really going to work. It looks like, I mean, they're, they're pretty loaded, man. I mean, you look the Grisham trade, like get a center fielder like that. And he's only 23. You got Cronenworth at second base. Um, he's 25 or 26, but I mean, he's going to be under contract for five years, you know, what have you Grisham's under contract. The Myers and Hosmer deals look terrible, but now they don't look so bad. Machado playing like an MVP. I mean, yeah. the the financial part of him, they look pretty good too. It doesn't look like they have too many bad contracts or anything anymore. So no, you're you're right. You're, I, I can't even argue about it. I mean, I used to say all the time the Hosmer deal didn't make any sense to me because he had an out, but he was only going to take that out if he was outplaying that contract which means the Padres probably wouldn't be able to afford him to keep him anyway. And then when he wasn't playing well the first couple of years, you're like, oh, my God, we're stuck with this guy for like seven years. And then you have the Will Myers deal where it was backloaded and he wasn't playing up to his contract. He had that one good start in 2016 when he was an all-star. And you're going, what the hell's up with this guy? And I'd get so frustrated going to Petco Park and watching him walk to his position and then walk on the field, off the field, and going, this guy doesn't want to be here. And it, it was getting old. Um Machado has been incredible the last couple of weeks. I mean, he, he has been outstanding. And we all knew he had a tremendous amount of talent, but he wasn't playing the way I think baseball fans, Padre fans thought he was going to play and going, not only is he earning the big money, he's playing like he deserves that big money. It almost feels like Tatis has kind of raised his level, almost like that it's, it's a good competitive battle that, hey, we're both going to raise our games. And it's kind of interesting. It took a 21-year-old kid to maybe bring out the, the best of a 28-year-old veteran. But I, I, I'm with you. I don't have a lot of negative things to say about AJ. I, I kept looking back to when he first got hired and said, if you didn't go after Kimbrell and the Upton brothers and, and, and of course, uh, everybody else that they brought in, Matt Kemp, that where would this organization be? I felt like it set him back a few years by trying to go big with the big names and where could Preller have been. Obviously, he's very good at judging talent. And, and he had a history of doing that. He has a history of doing that now. And you're seeing as right before you, you joined me right now, they made a trade for Mitch Moreland. They needed a lefty bat, uh, Boston's best player right now. 
So uh, a, a very good move for them. Again, a guy doesn't make a lot of money, but a bat they need definitely in that lineup. I thought J.D. Martinez might be the guy, but I, honestly, I like this deal better than J.D. Martinez because the money is not huge, and at the same time, it's a lefty bat that you needed in that order. Oh, yeah. I would much rather have, like you said, just financially um, between Moreland and, and J.D. Martinez because um, I, I was listening to your podcast with um, um, Jeff, yeah. and you guys were saying everything you do, you have to make sure that – financially Tatis is taken care of before you do any other big deals. And I totally hundred percent agree with that. Like, you, so if JD Martinez comes here, came here and he has some big contract and then you're negotiating with Tatis and you're like, Oh, I wish we still had, we didn't have JD Martinez's 20 million or whatever he makes. And, 22 you know, million a year. Uh, yeah. and then all of a sudden Tatis is like, I'm out of here. What have you? I mean, that would just be terrible. You gotta, you have to make sure Tatis, Whatever you do. So financially, you know, everyone's kind of like, are they going to get another starting pitcher? What have you? Lance Lynn is only eight million next year. You're not going to, you're not going to sign, not sign Tatis because, oh, we spent eight more million on Lance Lynn. Like it ain't going to come down to that. You're, you know, so I, if they could get a Lance Lynn, I would be stoked because I think they're just one starting pitcher away. Cause, and they really need, I was saying this on my Periscope last night. They really need a veteran pitcher for next year because Patino and Gore didn't get the normal innings that they would have got this year. And you can't just say, like, Gore threw 100 innings last year. Whatever he's throwing down at USD, it ain't, it ain't the same. He ain't going to get 100 innings this year. So you can't just say, okay, he throws 30 innings, 40 innings, whatever, technically – and then come back next year, say, you're in the starting rotation from day one. We need you to throw 150 innings. There's just no way they're going to do that to the kid. And they're not going to do that to Patino. So what, I, what I'm trying to say is they need a veteran that's going to eat up some innings next year. And if you could get it now and already secure it, and it's going to help you for 2020 and 2021, and Lynn doesn't cost that much financially, he's going to cost, you know, prospect wise, but financially ain't going to cost that much. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to overpay for Lynn because I think I'm it's going to help you out with Patino and Gore. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, it's funny. I watched Lance Lynn pitch last night. I had both TVs going and I'm watching pods on one game and I'm watching the Dodgers in the other game and Lance Lynn pitched against the Dodgers on Saturday night. It's amazing that he throws a fastball almost every pitch and that, yeah, you know, I, and I can't explain spin rate. All I can tell you is what you hear with the hitters here and, and the hitters say the fastball looks like it's constantly rising. And obviously the ball's not rising, but it's hard to square him up because of the perception, but he's sitting there saying, go ahead and hit it. And he's touching 97 and he looks like, you know, he looks like Bartolo Colon and Bartolo Colon did the same kind of thing. He threw those fastballs over and over again, but it was deceptive. Guys weren't scoring them up. Bellinger obviously cranked one off of them pretty good, but that 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 just happens. You're going to run into it. Lance Lynn is an eatings, uh, innings eater and obviously a, a veteran that I think would help the staff out tremendously. I, I think that would be great. I'd be fine with a, a Clevenger as well, who it looks like the Indians, who is very strange, are in first place right now in the AL Central after having a great week. Now the rumors are that Clevenger's on the block and Lindor's on the block, and they're looking to make moves, but – guys that I, I think that would benefit the Padres. Now, it's funny because Preller said this week he was looking for three things. He was looking for a reliever. He got Rosenthal yesterday. 
he was looking for a bat. He got Moreland today, and you got to believe he is going to find that starting pitcher that he said he wanted. Now, whether it's it's a Lance Lynn or a Clevenger, I think it benefits them tremendously. Right now, the one thing to me that is a little bit of a concern is this wasn't a good week for the starting pitchers, and it wasn't a good week against some teams that they should have had great outings against. And obviously, Seattle's one of the worst teams in baseball, and Paddock has, has struggled his last three outings. You look at Richards didn't pitch very well, and Lamette wasn't typical Lamette. Now, it's just hopefully a freak thing. Paddock, to me, is the guy you have to be most concerned about. You, as a guy who follows Padre baseball, I'm sure you've never missed a Paddock start. My, my complaint is I think he's too, too uh, much around the zone. I think he needs to be more effectively wild, meaning brush guys back or miss the square a little bit more than you are. But I think guys are too comfortable in that strike zone of Paddock knowing it's going to be somewhere in that square and I'm looking for, for my pitch and doing the best I can. They're dropping the whole you know tipping pitches deal. Well, if that's the case, three games in a row where you're tipping pitches, that's on, on the pitching coach and that's on Paddock. And how do you not figure that out, that people are saying, you go back and you look at the film and go, what's going wrong? I don't believe the tip and pitches thing. I think it's a cheap excuse. I don't think it happens at the major league level three games in a row. Yeah, I've, I've kind of noticed um, in baseball, a lot of teams pitching is kind of struggling this year. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, the short camps, you know, you had the regular spring training and then that got cut off and then you got short camp and it's kind of, it felt like it all got rushed in there. And to me, that's obviously going to be different for pitchers compared to hitters. Hitters, you just need to get into a rhythm. That probably takes about two weeks of swings. Pitching, that arm, like, I don't know if these guys' arms are fatigued or what, because I'm seeing it. Like with Paddock, he usually is about 95, 96. And it looks like now he's like 92, 93. So I think the velocity is down a little bit. And the problem with Paddock <clears throat> – and I watch, I watch a lot of the minor league stuff. Like, I pay for the app. I think it's, like, 50 bucks or whatever. And I really enjoy watching it because, I mean, the team has sucked for so long. So, it's like, well, let me see if they got something coming up, you know. And when I would watch him, he's just two pitches. Well, he would dominate in the minors because they just couldn't catch up to his fastball and his changeup was so good and his location. But I remember thinking to myself, I don't know if that's going to play in the, in the majors as much. And he needs a third pitch. I mean, the curveball, I don't know why he even really throws that curveball because it's easy to pick up because it's so high and then it drops and his other stuff are more straight and down. It's just easy to pick. To me, it's easy to tell, okay, that's a curveball because it's so high. It's a, what, a 12 to 6 curveball? Yeah. It's just, if he had like a splitter or a cut fastball or slider, that's what I think he needs for his third pitch so that it looks straight and then dies down or goes to the side because the curveball, it's just too easy. Just me watching that. Oh, it's up high. That means it's a curveball. Uh, so I, I would try something else if I was him, but to me, he's all, I always thought he was like a number three type of yeah. pitcher, three or four. I know people were like, Oh, he's going to be a one or two. I, I was like, mm, I don't think so. I didn't, I didn't think he had good enough stuff. He has great command, but – and like you said, too, he'll get ahead 0-2. And, and, like, a real good pitcher like Lament, like 0-2, you're like, this guy's done. Like, yeah. he has no chance. Paddock, you're like, I hope he gets him out. Like, I don't feel confident that he's going to strike him out or something. You know? Well, it, you know what's always frustrating is when you see guys – and this is old school stuff. You never gave up a hit old school-wise on an 0-2 pitch. 
You just didn't. You didn't give up game-winning hits. Right. You didn't give up RBIs on an 0-2 pitch. It was a quick way to basically get in trouble with the manager. You know, why are you giving the guy something so good on an 0-2 pitch that he could put it in play? Now, I understand you don't want to run the pitch counts up, but at the same time, to give up an 0-2 single or an 0-2 home run is very frustrating. It's like it doesn't seem to make any sense. And, and so much of baseball has has changed over the last couple of years, especially. And guys like Preller are, are a big part of it. General managers, they, they're following the computer because the computer's telling you exactly where to stand defensively on on shifts and changes and how to build lineups and how to use your bullpen. But the, the whole idea of the O2 giving up hits over and over again, I think is one of those things old school wise is, is very frustrating. Um, Zach Davies has been a, a tremendous surprise. has been very good. Garrett Richards didn't have the, the best of starts, but he's had a good year so far and it's been exciting to watch him. Um, for Gore and, and, and different things you're hearing, people are saying Gore's not up because he's having control problems. Uh, you're also hearing stories that Gore could be up this week. I don't know if he's having control problems or not. I haven't spoken to anybody with the Padres that would be honest with me anyway and tell me what's going on with Gore. Uh, it could be as simple as what the Dodgers did with the Gavin Lux, where they said, you know what, we can control him another year by not bringing him up. We already brought up Patino, so we're going to basically sacrifice a year of control with him. Do you want to do that with both guys? Because as you mentioned a few minutes ago, that Tatis bill's coming. And do you want all these bills to come at the same time, or do you want to try and space these out a little bit? And maybe they thought the starting rotation's good enough where Gore's a guy that they aren't going to rush up this year and try and get that one more year of control out of them. Yeah, the thing with Gore is, I mean, I'm even surprised Patino came up. Um, they didn't pitch much in double A. Like, Gore only pitched 25 innings. And that's like where <clears> – <throat> To me, it's like almost if you dominate double A, then you're going to make it to the pros, like single A and high A, what have you. I mean, I, I kind of judge the guy once he gets to double A. Patino, I believe, only threw like five innings in double A. So they must have just saw him at the camps and the spring training and just said, forget it. This guy, we could use him. And obviously, they're not using him as a starter. They're just, he's getting better and better, Patino, by the way. I mean, he's getting way better than what he was. Of, first couple outings but as far as Gore goes I mean maybe it just needs more time I and mean, he's only 21 and Patino's 20 like usually you know you're not much older than I am um, usually what the guy would come up at 23 24 type you know 22 was like pretty early now it's yeah. like 21 20 I mean it's pretty young dude. it is I mean is arguably the best player in the league or one of the you know he's a top five player in the league he's 21 I mean it's amazing that these guys, how young they are and how exciting, and, you know, Acuna and Soto. And these guys are young. And they're like the best players in the league. It's crazy, in my opinion. Oh, it is. It is. It's funny. I was with a bunch of the high school kids that I coached yesterday. And I was talking to them about, hey, this happens really fast. Meaning your chance of getting scouted and getting signed. And, you know, you might think that, hey, I'm still a kid. And it's years down the road. I go, look at guys like the people you just mentioned. When you were a freshman in high school, those guys would have been in high school with you. You know, those guys would have been seniors, would have been freshmen. And think about it. Those guys are controlling Major League Baseball right now. As you said, it's younger and younger. You're seeing more and more guys who are being offered the money not to go to college and, and say, you know, we're, we're going to basically pay up because we don't want to waste your arms three years at the college level. Let's go ahead and get in our system. If you're going to burn innings, you might as well burn them as a professional instead of as a college baseball player. But uh, you're right. It's it's fun to watch. You know, I love the game that it's young. I like the young guys. I, 
I like that the fact the game is changing. They had a whole issue with the unwritten rules, which is always is always tough because people are confused. It's hard to teach it to young kids. They don't understand unwritten rules. They don't understand stealing and swinging three and zero, and everything else that goes into this this old time game. I like that the young guys are bringing a little bit of the passion. When you watch the the Caribbean series and you're seeing the fans and the stands and the way they're into it, like the soccer games. If it was like that at Major League ballparks, it would be one of those deals where Major League Baseball wouldn't see uh, the interest and the ratings declining. You would see people saying it's a must place to be, just like in staying in Southern California, MLS, the LAFC is the place to be because it's a party. And the Caribbean series, it's a party. When you have guys like Tatis and Soto and all these guys who are, are passionate every single night, it becomes a must-see party atmosphere. We say, I got to be there. And, uh, and the Padres, I think, are on the right track with the guys that they have. Uh, very exciting to see. You mentioned the, the, the young guys. Obviously, Tatis, you stepped on it for a second as far as how much money is going to come down the road. What do you think that contract would be when it comes up for Tatis? How soon does he sign? And what do the Padres have to offer to basically lock him up? I, I'm looking this offseason. I'm hoping that they sign him this offseason. He's one thing that no one really talks about is he's got to prove that he can stay healthy. He got hurt um, last year. Yep. He missed, you know, the second half. And the previous season in double A, I think there was about six weeks left in the season or eight weeks left. He got hurt again. So if you're his agent, do you say, screw it, let's let's just get it locked up so that yeah, you're going to miss out. I mean, if he waits the whole thing, he could probably make $500 million. I mean, who knows? But do you say, let's lock him up so that just in case he, he continues to get hurt, we don't get screwed down the line and get basically nothing. So, so there's that angle from his agent. And then the Padres, I'm thinking, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to cost like $300, $350 million. There's no way. I mean, Acuna signed $100. you are Obviously, he's going to get more than Acuna. But all the guys on the White Sox, um, Roberts and Jimenez and those guys, I mean, they're all under 100 It's like 75 55 Now, it's not going to cost that, but I'm looking, I don't know, $180, $220 million, you know, if you can lock them up somewhere around there. But I don't think – I see some people like on Padre Twitter, it's going to cost $400 million to lock them up, give them 15 years and this. Nah, I mean, I would look ballpark 180 to $220 million, somewhere around there. You know, an eight-year extension, I would assume. You know, if you get an eight-year extension, he's 21 now, 29, he's a free agent. He still can get another $200 million probably, you know. Kind of like what, what Trout did. You know, Trout did the whole deal. We split it up, right. got another one. but. You know, the interesting thing for me on Tatis is he's not in the same position where, you know, in Acuna, where his family, his dad was a major leaguer. I mean, they aren't starving. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the whole Eli Manning deal when he wasn't going to play for the Chargers. And he said, I'll, I'll sit out a year. You know, my family has $250 million in the bank. I'll be okay. I'm not, I'm not going to starve. And I can afford to sit out. Whereas Tatis, financially, uh, and he's doing national commercials already that I wonder, I, you know, he's to me the, the, the most interesting guy to watch in all of sports to see what's his play. You mentioned the injuries. My two biggest concerns with Tatis were the injuries and the defense. Well, he fixed the defense. And so far he hasn't been injured, you know, knock on wood that he stays healthy all the way through, but it, it will be interesting to see how things go. My, my biggest 
fear for the Padres and Tatis coming into this season was they have to win sometime in these next few years and win like they're winning right now. Meaning, I don't think Tatis wants to finish his entire career with the last place organization. You have to prove to Tatis that this is a championship type of organization. And if they keep doing what they're doing now and they can follow that up, why would he want to go anywhere else? This is, it's a great place to be. The fans love him. He owns the city already. Um, I, I just wouldn't see a reason for him to leave unless they were a struggling last place team, uh, you know, all six years while he, he's waiting for that new contract. I'll say this. I mean, I've been a fan my entire life. If they don't win a World Series and he left, I would just say, screw it. I'm not, I'm not going to be a fan because how else are you going to ever tell me that you're going to build a winner and have a player like him? There's, yeah. I mean, this is a once-in-a-generation type of player. There's just no way that you can convince me, well, we got this, this, and this coming down the minor league. Stick with us. I, I will say bullshit. You just let the best goddamn player leave yeah. when he's, what, 24, 25 years old, somewhere around there. And you didn't win a World Series. Now, if they won a World Series prior to him leaving and he left, well, then I'll still be a fan. Because then I would say, well, at least you won it. And it sucks that he's gone, but at least you won that World Series. And that's all I really wanted. Anyways, was at least one. You know, so. Yeah. Like, if they told me right now, Tatis is going to leave, but you're going to win a World Series in the next five years, sign me up. I mean. You could almost say everyone's gone. I, I could yeah. care less. They could, they could lose 150 games every single season from here on out. If they won one World Series, I could like go to a bar. Yeah, At least like I could go to a fan. bar and say, well, they won that one year. <laughs> no, it, it's everything. I mean, right now, it, it, is, it is everything. I mean, there's so many things in San Diego where, you know, the Chargers left. And before that, you had the Clippers leave and the Rockets leave. And, and it's been heartbreak for year after year. And you could make the argument – I know people are going to take this as a shot, but the Padres in the National League and the Mar- Mariners in the American League have been the, the two least relevant teams in baseball. Once you get that World Series and you have the best player in the game in Tatis, all of a sudden people don't look at you that way. They look at you as a winner. Even though the Mariners haven't even been to a World Series, they still have Ken Griffey Jr. And they have Ichiro and they have Randy Johnson and they have A-Rod. They have that history of star players, Hall of Fame players, whereas the Padres – Tony Gwynn became national. Trevor Hoffman, I don't know how national he became, but we were proud to have him in a Padre uniform. You're right. The, the World Series title means means everything. Dodger fans have been chasing it for, you know, more than 30 years now. And, and for Dodger fans, it's been too long. For Padre fans, you need that one. And just like, you know, the Cubs, you see these old ladies all the time. I'm 90 yeah. and I haven't seen my team win. You just don't want to be – you don't want to be the joke. And also, at the same time, you want to be – considered as this is my favorite team and there's a reason why they're my favorite team I think a lot has changed with the Padres is once Dean left I think the pressure came on the Padres like we can't we can't be winning 70 games anymore like now all the media all the fans all the attention is on us I mean the Aztecs they're pretty good in basketball and you, you could say maybe they have a shot at a final four but it's going to be very hard for the Aztecs basketball to win a national championship. Aztecs football obviously doesn't stand a prayer to win a national championship. Um, So where's the title coming from, from a major sport? Well, you're down to the Padres. You're right. And when did the Chargers leave? 2016? I think everything changed right there. I think the ownership said, we better start putting some money into the team. And they also figured, shit, man, how many 
season ticket holders do the Chargers have that now are going to say, I'll go do the Padres because a lot of these people are rich, whatever, and it's entertainment. Yeah. Put that dollar now, you know, what were the Padres averaging? Like 22,000, 23,000? You're already getting close to 30,000. If this year would have happened, I guarantee they would have gotten like 33, 35,000 every game. And the attendance is going to continue to just keep rising and rising. I mean, come next year, if they make the playoffs and let's say they win around, you're going to look at almost sellouts every game, I I would assume, at least 35,000 every game. And that's going to be huge for free agency, extensions, everything. Because I think all of it started, in my opinion, when Dean left, because it put the pressure on them instead of just – as a as a San Diego fan my whole life, I used to always just be like, hey, Padres, just get me to training camp. Just be exciting enough just to training camp because I was yeah. much more into the Chargers because I always felt the Chargers had a chance. And you, you'd, you'd get to like middle of July and I'd be like – or middle of June and they would already be out of it. And you're like, God, these teams just suck, the Padres. And it's like, when is training, <laughs> you know, when is training camp coming? And then now it's like I wish – I wish the Padres would have started their rebuild like a year or two before Dean left because it would have set up a little bit yeah. better, but it's setting up nice now. And I think, you know, the buzz and everything, you know, the jerseys are going to sell, Slam Diego, uh, Tatis. I mean, you got – Ron Fowler has to be pretty happy right now. Myers' yeah. contract doesn't look too bad anymore. Hosmer's contract doesn't look too bad anymore. Machado's contract for now looks good, I'm sure – down the road, his last couple of years probably looked bad, but he might have a couple of World Series championships by then. And Ron's going to be like, who cares? <laughs> you, know? you know, it's funny you bring up Ron because I, I kept looking at this going, if I was Ron, who's obviously a competitive person and a guy that's been very successful in business. And, you know, all these guys who are owners are always successful in business. Um, you know, but the deal is you're, when you're owning a pro team, you're really at the high stakes poker table. And it is tough to win when you have a bunch of billionaires sitting around and some guys have more money than you and they can go out and, and chase guys, the, the Yankees, the Dodgers, they, they do it all the time. Um, but you, overall, you, you look at Ron and I keep looking at his age and I'm going, Ron's getting close to 80. And I'm going, if I'm Ron, I definitely want to win. Yeah, you know, the, how much longer do I have to live? I, I don't want to see this happen when, you know, basically I'm gone. I want this to happen that I can enjoy the parade, enjoy the city, and say, you know what, money is money. But when it was all said and done, I got to see one of my favorite things in life, and that was the San Diego Padres winning their first championship while I was owner of this team. Um, right now, completely headed in the right direction. Couldn't be more excited to, to watch what's going on. You, you said something interesting that made me think. I used to always think, okay, well, the Padres, when they're here, and you mentioned the fans coming in, always a ton of Dodger fans and Giants fans and Cubs fans and Mets fans at Philip Petco Park it would be tough to get those tickets if we were a visiting fan because the Padres uh, want to lock those up. Also, at the same time, when the Padres go on the road when this pandemic is over, the Padres aren't that joke team. If you're a season ticket holder of the Cubs or the Mets, Padres are in town, you want my tickets or I'm not going. It becomes Tatis is here, Machado's here. They're a must-see. I'm not giving my tickets up. i got to see what the talk is about possibly the best player in baseball coming to town whereas you know for us like when the pirates come here nobody wants to go to those pirate games <laughs> now you're, you're, you're giving your tickets away those are the days you go hey you want to go my wife and i get something else to do but <laughs> he's coming to, to city field hell you're going if you're in new york you got to see this guy he, and all of a sudden the padres become that traveling show and i don't know if the fan base grows because of it 
But at the same time, I got to see what everybody's talking about when San Diego comes to town. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you got a player like Tatis. I mean, that's as marketable as a player as you're going to get. Um, Machado is kind of like the love or hate him type of player that, you know, other fan bases are either, you know, he comes up, they're going to always boo him. Or if you're a popular fan, you love him. Like, but he's a market or he's a name. Like, you know, yeah. Hosmer and Myers, they're not as much names like as Machado type. But Tatis, I mean, everyone's going to love Tatis. I don't see any fan base saying, well, I just don't like that kid. I mean, I don't like the way he plays or this and that. No way. Um, and Ron right now has to be looking at his contracts saying, this is pretty good. And I would never have guessed, if you asked me a couple of years ago, that the Padres would have a top 10 payroll this year. And I, I see that being top seven in the next couple of years, maybe even top five. Because if, he, if they keep winning, I feel yeah. like Ron's going to keep paying. Like, he, he's going to be like, this is fine. You keep winning. Basically, he's going to tell Preller, you keep producing, I'll pay more. But if you don't, then I'm going to have to take back. I'm going to have to trade some of these contracts off and, yeah. you know. But I, I do think Ron isn't going to stop. I don't think Ron's going to say, no, this is a max number. I can't go over this. Or this is all you get. I mean, he's not going to, you know, announce it like on 97.3. What his, <laughs> you know, he's not going to announce like how much he wants to spend or yeah. or get scared if it goes over. But I, what I, this is the first time that I felt like ownership for the Padres is – you know, he spent for the international signings. I mean, shit, dude, they got Machado. I never would have guessed they would have gotten Machado. But like I said, I think that only that only happens if Dean leaves. If Dean stays, I think it's just the same old Padres and just, you know, oh, nice. Get 20,000 people and, you know, 70 wins. Yay. Hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've all seen that uh... – for too long. Now, I, I love the way things are going. It's what I've always complained about for, for years is as a fan, a fan like you, a fan like so many that love this team and, and wait for spring training and, and can't wait for Padres season to get going and trying to find a reason why so-and-so is going to be a good player when you really know he's not. I mean, honestly, you're going, that guy's not going <laughs> to come through for us. And we've seen that for years, right? You try and sell yourself on these guys and you look at older rosters and going, dude, how the hell did it ever fall for this crap? But when you look at what's going on now, the Padre ownership, the players, the organization, they're giving you what you wanted. And as I used to always say, you, you demand more. When you go out and you make moves for Rosenthal and Moreland today, you're, they're giving you more. They're giving you what you want. I get teased all the time because the Dodgers don't win. And I'll say, well, I got six months of entertainment. Right now, people are getting the best two months of entertainment they've had in Padre baseball yeah. in years. And maybe arguably yeah. the best two months that you've ever had. I was there covering that team in 98. This right now is a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And 98 was, it's hard to believe it was 22 years ago, but a lot of people who are Padre fans now, they weren't around following that team in, in 98. I know so many young Padre fans, they're excited about what's going on right now. This is as good as it's ever been for them and, uh, and really can't expect any more except uh, still being competitive. Speaking of being competitive, how far do you see this team going let's assume that they're going to go ahead and grab another a starting pitcher let's say to grab we'll just play the game we'll go Lance Lynn let's say to grab Lance Lynn this weekend how far does this Padre team go in your mind prior to even getting Lynn the only team that I would say I'd be shocked if they they would uh, beat is the Dodgers I don't see the NL really that strong this year 
Um, getting Lynn, I think they would have a shot against the Dodgers. I would still favor the Dodgers, but I would go into that series saying, we got yeah. a shot, man. You sure I mean, do. You got, Lament, you got Lament and Lynn back-to-back, however you want to play that. Yeah. I would throw Davies for game three. I wouldn't throw Paddock. I would throw Davies. Um, and then you got two lineups. The Dodgers lineups is obviously loaded too, and the Padres, and it's to me it would come down to who's going to hit more home runs. I mean, that's how the game kind of is changing right now. I think the Dodgers bullpen has been uh, stronger this year, which is kind of surprising. I think that was supposed to be one of their weak links, and the Padres' strength was supposed to be the bullpen, and it's yeah. kind of hasn't been that good this year with the injuries, and it just seems like some guys just haven't performed. But I do think the Padre bullpen is turning the, turning it around. You add in Rosenthal, you get Pomeranz back. Hopefully Pagan, he's thrown up a couple bagels lately. Um, I think they would have a shot. Now, if you don't have Lynn, I would highly doubt that they could beat the Dodgers. But Lynn could be a difference maker, in my opinion. And then as far as the American League goes, I, again, I see all those teams are pretty good, but I wouldn't be like – shocked that the Padres beat any of those teams unless the Yankees got healthy but the Yankees haven't been healthy in the last like three no. years so the Yankees have a ton of ton of injuries and I mean you have teams like the A's and the Rays who right now are playing better than than the Yankees it's funny coming into the season I, I always thought the Dodgers and the Braves were far and away the two best teams well you lose Soroka which is uh, an outstanding player um, the Cardinals are gonna have to make up all those games because of what happened with COVID and and how long can your pitching staff uh, pitching staff last and then all the teams they face it's going to kill their pitching staffs too because they got to play those double hitters against them it's going to be interesting how things plan out uh, news broke this morning that the Oakland A's had a person in their personnel um, who basically tested positive which as a baseball fan I'm like I don't care if it happens in the central it happens in the east let's keep the west as healthy as possible because it benefits teams like the Dodgers and the Padres mm-hmm. down the line of not having to make up games now that the A's are going to, you know, quarantine in, in Houston and miss games, and what does that do for the schedule? The good news for the pods, they only play the A's one time. The Dodgers only play the A's one time. I would love to see, obviously, it come down to the Dodgers and Padres because I'm a Southern California fan. You know, I, I like following the Angels as well. But for me, what you, what you said, if the Padres took on the Dodgers, it would not surprise me to see. I saw the Dodgers lose to the Nationals when – Pitching got the best of you, and that's, that's always the equalizer. Pitching can get you at any single time, and if the Padres go out and get that starting pitcher, whether it's a Clevenger or Lynn or somebody else, that it makes a difference, a, a Trevor Bauer, whatever the case may be, yeah, the Padres could easily be in the World Series this year. Yeah, I mean, I came into this year, um, obviously I'm probably one of those people that the glass is half full, but I came in, I said, just make the playoffs, and then come 2021 – you know, when Gore and Patino um, got a little more experience and what have you, I thought maybe if they got one more guy that they would be a World Series type of team. Now I look at it, I'm like, they ain't that far right now. I mean, yeah. if you give me, like, you add Moreland today, that's another bat. I mean, they have they had one of the best one through six, if not the best so far this year in all baseball, as far as lineups and OPS, you just added Moreland in there. Now you got seven guys. Um, 
Rosenthal is going to help your bullpens. Someone on Twitter yesterday was like, well, he's not that good. I'm like, well, his name isn't Craig Stammen, so he's got to be better than him. (laughs) I mean, shit. So (laughs) that's got to – and I don't feel like they gave up. You know, they gave up – in these two trades, they gave up guys that weren't going to make the teams, basically. They just gave away – they're giveaway guys. Now, the other organizations are saying, hey, we're we're just taking chances with these guys – and I'd probably do the trade if I was the other organizations too, but that's how strong Preller made the um, farm system that he's trading off guys that they're going to be, they were not even going to make the 40 man, that they're going to yeah. be um, whatever it is. You're, five, you're, you're, rule you're, five. You're, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, none of these trades hurt. You know, there wasn't really? any of them like, oh man, that one really hurt. I hate to see him go. It wasn't like that at all. There was nowhere to play these guys. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how things are going. It's been really exciting. Dude, I really appreciate the time. It was a lot of fun talking a little, uh, baseball with you. Yeah. Man. I'd love to do it again. It was great. I'd love to I gotta it. get you, I gotta get you on, uh, my Periscope. And, you got uh, it anytime. Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy on the Periscope. You just, um, you just punch a button and it basically, it's almost like this. It's just, I can't really see you, but it just talks right through the phone. It's, it's fun. I mean. So one of these days I'll schedule it or something with you. Let me know, man. I'm in. I'm always hell. I'm watching every game. I never miss a Padre game, a Dodger game, an Angel game. I watch, I watch them all, man. So uh, anytime you want to talk baseball, I'd love to. I'd love to come on again. You can follow Craig. Follow him on Twitter. It's uh, at Craig uh, Medi M E D Y. And uh, and man, I appreciate your time. This is a, a lot of fun for me to get the chance to talk a little baseball with. Obviously, people are passionate. I know I'm going to get killed, by the way, for the Brooklyn and the and, and Jersey thing, which is kind of funny. I didn't even know I had this. I was looking in my closet just now before I went on with you, and I found a Jackie Robinson jersey. I didn't even know I owned oh, one. I, I was like, I don't know who the hell put it in my closet. I don't remember buying it. So, uh, but I found a 42 brand. I just cut the tags off the damn thing. So, Jeff will kill me. Somebody will make fun of me for having a, a, a jersey on, but it's actually a Jackie Robinson jersey. It's Jackie Robinson weekend, so – uh, you and, and, and you do get blasted on Twitter all the time, and I take oh. shots at you, but it's all good. Yeah, I mean, we're joking around. I know I have friends like that, and I could tell the way you and Jeff are. So, for years, you know, at first, I, I did not like you, I'll admit that. At first, <laughs> I was like, fun. I can't stand this guy, I can't stand yeah. him. But then, but then once I got it, I was like, oh, he's just like one of my friends. That's it, man. It's breaking balls and it's sports, it's nothing too serious. It's the guys who right. cross the line when you hit family, like. No, yeah. I don't think no. my wife or my son are no. should be involved in these conversations. But uh, when it comes to busting balls in sports, that's I mean, that's what it's about. It's always yeah. about uh, yeah. my team winning never, and struggling. Yeah. Never and talk about son's family or wife. Never. That's, yeah. I'm, 100%. You don't cross the line. And, you know, and the deal is I'm not a Padre hater. Again, I hosted Padre World Series talk in 98. I'm not a Padre hater. I just got tired of the losing and said, let's get more. Let's get better. Yeah. And that's what they're doing this year. It's hard to – sit there and, and say I'm going to miss a game because it's appointment television every time the Padres are on. I actually think we need in San Diego, we needed more people like that. I mean, I'm the opposite of like, well, I see it this way, but we definitely needed more of put some pressure on them because they got way too comfortable as an organization like change um, the Padres and H.J. Proler. I believe those guys bitching all the time on Twitter actually helped them get Machado. I mean, just constantly saying, dude, you know, I mean, yeah. look, are they listening to that and saying, well, H.J. Proler and Change the Padres said it, so we might as well do it. No, but it gets a steamroll, and you start yeah. getting a lot of people who are complaining. I remember before Machado signed, it was like two months of like, 
were kind of interested and I felt like Padre Twitter put a lot of pressure on the organization and I, I, I'm sure that put them over the top and said, hey, man, we got a lot of fans now and if we do this, we're going to keep these fans. They're going to be happy and our investment, we're going to make money off of it. So, I mean, Absolutely. yeah. Uh, no, I'm with you. Remember Bryce Harper's name came up right after there too. So, I mean, they weren't. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, oh, they, it, was, it was crazy, but it was really cool. At the same time, it was really cool. Craig, I appreciate yeah. the time, man. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate yeah. it. You got cool it. Pops. Again, thanks for, uh, thanks for watching. JP25.media. You can follow us. You can follow us, of course, on YouTube as well. Please push the subscribe button. Thanks for watching, everybody.